Hello, hello. This is Conversations with Karen B. Today's podcast, we will be discussing something that could be kind of a sensitive subject. We're going to be discussing depression, um, anxiety, and mental health. Um, I decided to put a little advisory beforehand because if you're listening to this podcast, we're going to be talking about some serious stuff. And if you're not comfortable with it or if you're sad about it, obviously you can always reach out to us. My email is always on here if if you want to reach out to another adult or hotlines. We have that information as well towards the end of the podcast. So... Let me talk a little bit about what this podcast is actually going to be about. I have with me two remarkable girls. We're women. I'm sorry. Women. Get it right. I know. I'm so sorry. I always forget. (laughs) That have gone through their own form of mental health, I like to call it, in a whole broad spectrum, I think. And I feel like their stories are need to be told. You never know. There might be another young girl, young boy out there, gay or trans, whatever, that might be going through the same stuff. And if they hear you guys talk about it, because it needs to be normalized, because I hate it when society or media, they try to like block you from it or they make you have the stigma towards it. Like they're, or let's do an example, like uh, Demi Lovato, when she went through her old breakup, it's like, you feel sorry for her. Yes. It's like, what else can you do? It's like, nah, like maybe we should have been listening to these signs. Yep. Like how many people out there, how many people have committed suicide? Famous people. Amy Winehouse. There example. you go. Chris Farley. There's so many people out there that if maybe somebody would have just sat down and heard them out or maybe done something, maybe they could have still be here today. Exactly. And that's not, and that's, I don't want that to happen here. Mm-hmm. I know you guys, there's a whole bunch of people I know that are going through this, but I felt like your guys' stories are something that really need, you know, to to be said. And maybe yes. this, might, this might be an enlightenment for you guys. I might help you guys out through your recovery and your constant healing, I think. Healing, yes. Of course. Oh, yeah. You guys can introduce yourself to my left. This is Lenny. I will be talking about my story and how I went through it and what you guys can do to help you through the path of healing and all that and how you're not alone. I'm Sam. I am in my... I'm almost 24, but... Um, yeah, I'm going to be talking about my story and what I have gone through personally and just knowing that, you know, everyone's story is different, but at the end of the day, we're all feeling different emotions and whether it be anxiety or depressed, like you have other people feeling it too. So Lenny, do you want to start with your story and then we can go and then I'll tell you. I'll start off. I'll do it slowly. So I am 21 years old. I basically have always dealt with depression because all of this runs through my family mental illnesses so it's not just anxiety it's also say depression bipolar many things so i have always i never knew about this until i grew up and i realized okay like this is normal like my family all has this but when i was young i was always sad like i'm a happy person but depression would hit hard you know i had reasons to be sad but sometimes it'll just come out of the blue so at a young age, I started drinking, I started doing drugs. So I think all that um, made everything worse. When I got older, I still drank and I still did drugs. Uh, basically, like my brain was pretty much all fried. 
fried and stuff. So I always had anxiety, right? And I've always had depression, but this one time was like my biggest crisis. I had taken a ecstasy pill actually, and I was super high on it. And like probably like in two days, the next two days, I came down and like I never really got the chemicals back that I needed, aka serotonin. I tried to do everything naturally. Like I tried taking the pills, that's not natural, but still getting the serotonin from that or B12 shots on my ass or <laughs> it's okay we um, can cuss here, many guys. things to just like get out of that because i was having episodes after episodes so i basically had like a panic disorder for like a whole month i couldn't go work i couldn't drive i couldn't talk to my friends i couldn't talk to my manager i couldn't talk to no one like i couldn't go to work i was screwed up and i didn't know how to deal with it like i was legit going crazy and like there is a time that i felt like Okay, like, I can't take this no more. I wasn't eating, like, for, like, days. Probably, like, months. I lost, like, 120. No, 120. I know. <laughs> I lost but. 12 pounds. Like, damn, you skinny. <laughs> I lost 12 pounds. I shouldn't eat for a month. Yeah. <laughs> I, I lost 12 pounds. Like, it was just a horrible experience. The last days, I was going to fucking kill myself. I was like, you know what? Like, I can't do this anymore. I told my mom, like, I'm done. Like, I'm going to kill myself. If we don't do anything about this, like, if I can't get help or nothing, okay, so. Then they took me to the urgent care. Like, I had, like, no, I couldn't change. I couldn't fucking shower. I couldn't do nothing. I couldn't get off my bed. Like, it was super bad. Like, this lasted for days. How old were you when they would... This, this happened? 20. I was 20. 20. Yes, 20. So, yeah, like, a year ago. Like, not too long ago. A year and a half. Do you feel like um, that's when it actually that's when you knew like oh shit that's when something. i learned about it yeah like okay like there is research. something wrong yeah because i did a lot of research i'm like why am i feeling like this why have i i always knew i did have um depression but i never went to get diagnosed or anything i just dealt with it how my family would tell me how to deal with it i exercised that was my way out but yeah when this whole thing happened i went to urgent care and sadly, I was put on into antidepressants like which is something i never wanted to do but i knew that it was something necessary because I was at the point where I'm like, I'm done. Like, if I don't get help, then I'm going to fucking kill myself. So that process did help me. Like, I did get my medicine. I still felt like shit a few days, but my family helped me through it. But basically, yeah, like, that was my way out, like, medicine. Like, I know that's not the... I don't always recommend that because not everybody needs it. But, like, if you did have a chemical imbalance like mine, like, I think that would be the best way to go. I've still dealt with it. Like, I've gone through many things after that. That have made my depression worse but i mean it's not as bad as that day you know so yeah and then i found different ways to deal with it but we'll talk about that later it doesn't sound so bad but if you're when going you're through it, it yeah and you really have no happiness or no reason to want to live anymore that's the worst thing you can ever like think about you know and like when you feel good it's like when you appreciate everything that you have when you're good like why do I drink? Why do I do this? Why do I harm my body? But yeah, let's go on to Sam. Sam? I didn't realize that my I had an issue until probably like sophomore year of high school. I've always just kind of, I was, yeah, ignored it. I just didn't see like there was some, I didn't understand what was like going wrong with me mentally or physically. Um, for me, like, I used to be bullied kinder to like fifth grade and then around middle school I started doing self-harm 
and then high school I was just trying to keep myself busy to just kind of like avoid like the thoughts in my head and what I was feeling inside because within my family everything seems perfectly fine but you know you never know what someone's going through or what they're going through in their shoes because you're not there 24 7. It's hard to understand like you look at social media and people are living this type of lifestyle and like I feel like yeah I portray like a very happy lifestyle but mentally like I'm unhappy and it's not because someone did something wrong or because I'm doing something wrong it's just I can't help but feel the way I feel most of the time um, things trigger it sometimes it doesn't even trigger it there's times where I'll be driving in my car and I would need to pull over on the freeway because I'm having an anxiety attack. I can't breathe. I feel like I'm being suffocated. My family, everyone looks at me as this person that's like, you know, oh, she's so funny. Oh, she's like hilarious. Oh, like she does anything for you. She's always there for other people. And it's true because I am. I try to always put others before myself and I didn't realize how much I was doing for others and didn't realize I wasn't doing enough and being aware of myself. Taking care of yourself. Yeah, it was something that I have to learn to prioritize because I still can't do it. I still have a very hard time putting myself first because I was taught that like, oh, you need to go to do this. You need to go do this for so-and-so. You need to be helpful. You need to, you know, do this. My parents always taught me like, you know, just keep pushing keep pushing keep pushing you'll get through it but I can't remember the last time like a friend or someone was like hey are you okay like what's going on in your mind how are you doing like you mm -hmm. know everyone just sees it like oh you did this or oh, you're going here you're going there yeah I'm doing all those things but like deep down inside like there's something wrong and like people don't notice it because I don't talk about it I don't exactly and that's why we're here there, yeah you know? and I, I get that because it's it's not a topic you don't want to feel vulnerable you still yeah. want to oh, help yes. you still want to do everything you can yes. i don't and i don't want to look like another we, issue be a victim, in the pal. family you know because mm -hmm. within my family there's so, everyone's dealing with like their own problems and to me it's always felt like my problem wasn't important to as important because, as like re in their eyes real stuff yeah so it's it's hard because, you know, my family, my entire family, even extended family, have dealt with mental illnesses, drug abuse, and just, like, a lot of, like, physical abuse. It's It was hard seeing a lot of things go on. Um, luckily, like, I was never really into drugs because of, like, the examples I've had around me. I mean... It's not like I never tried it, because I have. Yeah, <laughs> to be honest. But, you know, but never to the extent where it's like I wanted to get down to a spiral like that, because my parents and my family have always made it seem like, you know, you need to push, you need to do it, you need to, you know, be better for yourself. And my life has always been committed to, like, my school and my work and my family. That's my three priorities that have always been there. If you, like, with are within like my immediate family you see me like I'm always there I'm always running back and forth I'm nice. always like you know the one you know it's like they say like oh 
someone needs to we need someone to take care of so and so or someone for this and it's like okay let's call this person let's call sam because you know she's the first one that's going to answer kind of like the pillar like you hold up everybody and you take everything yeah oh yeah i feel everyone's weight on my shoulder you know and coming from a family with a lot of siblings like that's horrible how many siblings do you have six sisters Holy shit. You see? All ladies, too. All ladies. More drama. And then, you know, it's... They each all have, like, their, you know, illnesses and things that they have to deal with. And so it's like, you know, my sisters were diagnosed very young with, like, different type of diseases. My other sister tried to commit suicide. But, you know, it's just, like... It's very hard to, like, talk about things like that and then aren't you the baby of the family you're the baby and all this pressure is on you i try always to look at the brighter side of everything i always try to like keep myself busy and like maintain my focus rather than dealing with my anxiety and once i started doing that my anxiety was only piling up it wasn't getting better it was just worst worst day after day just trying to push and push and push it wasn't until like my second year of uh i went to csun yeah in my major that you know i realized that i really needed to get help at 18 years old i actually was prescribed medication for my anxiety because how bad it was oh wow um but i didn't like feeling like i was i felt like an out-of-body experience like my body was there physically but mentally i was gone kind of like dissociation Dissociated, I think it's because like you feel like you're in your like you're, you're not physically in your body. there. You're, yeah, you're physically there, but you're like low key, like just looking at yourself. Yeah, and, like what yeah. type? What type of med? If you guys remember me, what type of medications were you guys on? I am currently still taking medication. I am currently on Zoloft, a uh, pretty good dosage, and then I'm also on gabapentins. Gabapentin works as like kind of like alcohol, but it's not addictive supposedly to what they said. But you know what? Doctors lie. But <laughs> Yes, they do. They lie. But I still take it because it helps me get through the day. Wake up, take a galpantine, my Zoloft. Whenever I feel anxious throughout the day, I take another pill. So it's just to control my my mood and my my anxiety. Do you feel like you're really dependent on it? I don't feel like I'm dependent on it. I just feel like I feel like I need to take it because I don't want to go cold turkey. Like yeah. I wanna take it down slowly. Like like, but I, got, I took down one pill already. I slowly, like myself. It was called Seroquel as well. I think that's like an antipsychotic. But I'm not... <laughs> that one was used for sleeping for me. So that one I took off. Like, that one is pretty addictive, but I took it off. So right now, just Zoloft and Gavapantine. But yeah, that's my plan to slowly get off of it. Like, I don't want to just do it myself and get back to the point where I was at. Like, go back to the starting point. So yeah. That's mine. When, uh, Sam, what you were talking about with the, what type of experience you were having, you were saying? Like an out-of-body experience. Out-of-body experience. Yeah, like I would feel like, I would be there, but mentally my mind's just like wandering off somewhere else. I didn't feel like myself. I felt like, I just, I was feeling more depressed than I was feeling like happy, Mm -hmm. you know? Even with the medication? Even with the medication. Did it make you? just to like... It wasn't like, it was, it's not like it's antidepressants because I didn't mm-hmm. even realize like maybe I was depressed or anything. I thought I've always had anxiety, mm-hmm. but it doesn't, it wasn't until like I would go to my doctors and they would ask me like, how's like your 
school? How is this? And I would just be like, you know, like I just feel like a, like a lot's on my plate. And then I would tell her like I would feel like I'm like gonna pass out because I can't breathe too much. Mm -hmm. So I'm just like I didn't think that was normal. Like I thought it was yeah. normal. I didn't yeah. know if it was normal or not. Like That's I didn't you realize. Know. Yeah. Yes. Because at that time, like nobody talked about like hey. You have anxiety, hey, you're depressed, but yes. like now that society it's talks about it more. Until now, in the recent mm -hmm. years, I feel like... Um, this last year, actually, like I feel like that's when it yes. like, got better. Thank God. Yeah. Now to tell you about mine. Let's hear Karen. Dun, dun, dun. Let's no, I'm just this. kidding. Dun, it's dun, not. Dun. To me, um, I, just, I, I first want to say how I appreciate you guys trusting me. Trusting the world, I guess. I don't fucking know. <laughs> Trusting the world. Whoever the fuck decides to listen to our podcast, whoever decides. That one person. Thank God. I know. Shout out to you guys. Um, thank you guys. I know sometimes it can be hard. Because I, I could imagine us when this stuff was happening, whether it was when we were teenagers and things like that, we weren't comfortable talking about it. No. Not like the first it, it's had. I bet you guys have had a lot of trial and errors you guys i appreciate you guys i'm proud of you guys for actually talking about it that to me is the first step of not recovery but like of getting better living yes. with this and being not okay with it but like being able to function out in the world being able to not harm yourself because obviously it would kill me if any of you guys were to actually kill yourself kill yourself any type of suicide things like that it would break my heart mm -hmm. but i want to commend you guys you guys are fucking amazing you guys are fucking rock you're stars. amazing too my story is a little different from you guys i feel i started off when i was really young my dad he was in and out of our lives as a kid you didn't know this i i just thought dad had to fucking go to work on weekends month long I didn't fucking know. Mm -hmm. I didn't fucking know any of this shit. Until later on in life, which I will talk about right now. So I always had like kind of like a broken home without realizing I had a broken home. And the the kicker of all this is I did talk about it into my intro is um, my brother died in 1998. I was about nine years old. And that I feel like that was the ignition to me. Mm -hmm. That was the 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 fire starting like holy shit mm -hmm. somebody just died and then on top of that it was the oldest brother it was the junior it was the brother that looked out for us the one that protected us mm -hmm. when dad wasn't there for those weekends or month-long thing he would be the one there i've mm -hmm. always said to myself i've always wanted god to have taken me instead of him because fucking i don't even know why I don't know why I ever thought that. I don't know why it just came along. And then after my brother died, family was there for like a week or two. And then um, everybody fucking left. It's not their fault. Obviously, I, mean, I do not blame them. They had lives. They had jobs. They have kids of their own. But they all left. Me and my siblings and even my mom, we didn't get any help after he died. It's not that we couldn't afford it. Like, if we needed something, we knew we could count on family members. But we just didn't get help. And I didn't realize that until now that I'm 30 years old, fuck, we should have gotten help. Oh, yeah. We should have gotten fucking all of us. All five of us. We all should have been in therapy for fucking years. 
But obviously my mom, my mom's a hard worker. My mom, not that I don't feel like she didn't see it, but she now, at the same time, this was all happening. My dad was being deported. And so he left all at the same time. I remember at the funeral, my dad was there and he was in chains from his hands and his and his legs and the and the U.S. Marshal was there and the, that's the only reason why they let him come to the funeral is because it's his sad. fucking son died and it was fucking sad. See, that's a whole yeah. nother trauma too. That's See, trauma. All that's, that's trauma. and at the time, deportation wasn't as I guess not as big as it is nowadays. And how that's a whole nother podcast that we can talk yeah. about. But deportation back then was normal because honestly, what my dad did, he went over there back to his country. He came back within six months. Oh, wow. So it was yeah. Very oh, yeah. Easy. It was very, okay. not that it was very quick, but it was still traumatic, of course. Oh, yeah. But it was, I guess, it sounds fucked up. It was easier to get it back in the day. And this oh, was yeah, in the yeah. late 90s. Oh, yeah. Compared to now, it's. It's, way different it's murder to come fucking over here and then along the same time now we're moving to a whole new city mm. and that was a whole nother thing issue too because you're just i had no choice i was uplifted for my life my comfortable life so all these and this is all before i was the age of 10 and i could remember it like if it was yesterday so throughout the years um you feel guilty like i remember turning 15 i remember turning 16 and feeling guilty that my brother wasn't, he didn't get to live up to this point. And uh, uh, I don't know, like Sam, but I used to cut myself really bad. I remember I started drinking and smoking and doing a lot of cocaine and crystal meth by the time I was 13, 14 years old. And I don't know about you guys, but that's pretty fucking young. Yeah, same here, though. And it's not that my mother just wasn't there. It's just my mother had shit to do. She was a single mom. She had to work all the time. She worked. She got home, slept, and went back to work six days a week. Mm-hmm. So we were left to, after, by the time we were 13, 14, we were left by ourselves. So a lot of crazy shit happened then. Then on top of that, while I was in high school, I had, like, body image issues really bad ones and I would even cut myself even more and drink more and I would get alcohol so easy I would just fucking go up to the counter and just give me some alcohol alcohol and it would be fine Mm -hmm. it was so easy and accessible and then the drugs as well because friends of friends had you don't even need to buy it huh no I never bought it I never I never that that's the thing too I never bought alcohol we me and my girlfriends or the girls I used to hang out with we were pretty girls and we just wanted to get fucking high we wanted to get fucking it's true I uh, I remember it was a an entire month I remember around my 15th birthday I did crystal meth for five days a week every day Uh, twice a day the whole year no 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 just for a month oh for a whole month month. I remember that because I would be at school I would sniff it before I would go to school sniff it I'm not proud of this not proud at all. Let me remind that. I would sniff it before I would go to church. What? I would sniff it before I would go out to see anybody. I would sniff it just whenever. And I didn't real. I didn't, to me, I didn't feel like I was abusing because I was, I needed it just to drain away the demons inside. Mm-hmm. To me, that was my release of cutting myself. That was the release like, okay, I'm not physically doing harmony. I'm just going to getting high you know i'm just 
yeah. doing shit, you know? Like, I'm, and then on top of that, I was on the soccer team, too, so it was... So you're playing all the... Oh, I see, Jesus, running miles and miles and miles on crystal meth is not... The, I remember going home, throwing up. I don't know. I remember one time my friend told me, if you drink, if you drink milk... It takes the highway. I remember drinking lots of milk for some reason, but then I would throw it up. Was it I, because you didn't want to be high anymore at the moment? Yeah, because I wanted to go to sleep. Yeah, because there's times like when you do drugs, mm-hmm. okay, I know, you cannot sleep and you have to do anything mm-hmm. to go to sleep. And back then, we didn't, I'm sorry, but we didn't have our phones. And then oh, that's true. another subject that we're going to talk about that I graduated in 2007. The highest technology we had was a. Uh, Shit, I'm not that fucking okay, <laughs> Sam. I remember when my sister was a beeper. Yes. Yes. Someone got uh, What was it called? A sidekick. A sidekick. A sidekick. It was a phone. You know how slow that shit was? Yes, I know. And you would have to borrow it from somebody. Hey, that was our. So there was no easy access to technology, easy access to either getting drugs, weed. Finding out what these symptoms are. We just had to fucking through the day. go through the day, fucking high as fuck all day, learning algebra. Algebra. <laughs> I'm fucking out. Two plus but, two. I know, Five. right? <laughs> but the thing is about me, I, I'm proud that I... That's all I before back. I was like 17, by yes, the way. Yes, that's how it And the moment I, uh, I actually had a bad trip out. Oh. I smoked some weed and I don't know if it was laced with something or it was contam. I don't fucking know. I remember what I remember is spots of that night of getting high with some people that I knew and running home. I was hallucinating. I was shaking, and this was at like midnight. And I'm running three miles to get home. And I remember those friends came to try to pick me up in the middle of the road, and I fucking fought them. I fought them off Damn. because I knew that. They were demons. I knew that they were the bad people. You were hallucinating. I was sure. fucking going crazy. I remember keep walking down. My oldest brother, somehow those friends called my uh, brothers. And my oldest brother came. And I knew it was my older brother because I'm like, I know you. I'm going to get in the car. I know this is not right. I'm going to go with you. I'm going to go with you. And I went. And I remember talking to him and going home. And I remember my mom, she knew there was something wrong. Oh, yeah. And I was telling my mom, mom, it's okay. Like, it, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that my brother died. It's my fault. It's my fault. He's dead because of me. He's dead. Oh. He's dead. He's dead. I remember Kip saying, he's dead, mom. He's fucking dead. And those are little parts that I could I remember. That I remember. And I remember waking up the next, I don't know, I don't remember what happened afterwards, but I just remember all that stuff. Since then, I'm very proud to say, 17 years old, I'm 30 now, I have not touched a single drop of any type of weed, cocaine, crystal meth, ecstasy, even when I'm on cramps and things like that. I will not take a Tylenol, I will not take an ibuprofen, I... If you see me seeing, ex, uh, what is it, Excedrin? Mm-hmm. Para nada. Fucking no. I'm like, That's no, good. I would rather go through it. When I was giving birth to my child, I did whatever I could not to get the epidural or to be on drugs. I did every, uh, 10 hours without it. And Pain. let me fucking tell you, I, I, try, I tried, but at such a young age, I realized like, okay, it's not for me. Fast forwarding throughout these past 10 years or so, my depression, I feel, has gotten a little different in a sense of by the time I was like 18, I knew I had to go to school. Like, 
Sam over here, I knew I had to drive for something. So what in this world do we have to drive for? We have to drive for education. Mm-hmm. So that's what I started to do. I started educating myself. And I was in a sense the same as Sam. Like whatever my mother needed, I would go. I was working and going to school and taking care of my little brother. Whatever they needed provided for, I would provide for them. Along this time, I was um, dating my now husband back then and my boyfriend. And in the beginning with him, it was very exciting. I loved it. Also because he's the guy I've always wanted since I was a kid. But that's another story to tell. (laughs) Um, But fast forwarding through our engagement, our marriage, now with the kid. We're 10 years in now. (laughs) Well, Well, congrats. Oh, my God. Congrats. Congratulations. But I don't even make it through the... the, The first year. The first year. Yes. So I've noticed my depression... um, be different in a sense like my depression from when I was younger had to deal with my brother's death cutting myself doing drugs alcohol and this and that now my depression I feel has to do more for anxiety anxiety in a sense of fuck why are we fighting about this fuck does it really need to be like this do you really need to treat me like shit not like shit but like Whenever me and him argue, we're very much the same in a sense of we're bullheaded. Both of us. We both need to be in fucking control. We both need to do whatever we can. And sometimes it's gotten out of hand. And we say things and do things and throw things that are not very nice. Mm -hmm. And I feel my depression has come from that. And on top of that, sometimes I feel like my life's purpose is being called for you know like i graduated with a degree but now with that degree i haven't done anything so now i'm actually going for my second degree and i feel now that i'm 30 years old i'm competing with these little fucking girls that have nothing you know they don't got nothing but they got all the time in the world so i feel like my my type of mental health now is more anxiety that is it more like you're trapped like more like not that i'm trapped in my marriage no nothing like like that but like i'm now i have a hundred more responsibilities because of how life is like Mm -hmm. we talk about our parents now now the children become the parents that's a major that is a hundred percent true because i take care of my fucking mom my bills I've I've told you guys how much I spend, whether on Costco or Target. I give my mom whatever the fuck she needs. And that shit ain't cheap. She bougie. No. Yeah. <laughs> and so I have, I feel a lot of pressure that sometimes with my anxiety attacks, I cry. I cry. I mean, I fucking ball in. I have to take a shower because I need to get it all out. I need to whew, release it from my body because... Not that I want to hurt myself, don't get me wrong. I don't want to hurt myself because my views on life and what I have now in front of me are way too important for that. Mm -hmm. But I feel like sometimes that little, little demon is like knocking at the doggy door. The doggy door is closed. It's fucking bolted fucking shut with wires and wood and everything. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I feel that little and then it's like a fucking chihuahua fucking doggy door you know it's small sometimes i feel it knocking like hey Hey. are you gonna are you gonna do something about this 
Do you want to do a little sniff sniff? Do you want to fucking get drunk? Kill yourself? Do you want to kill you? Yeah. Do you want to kill yourself? It still creeps up every other day. And it sucks because you're just like, as as a 30-year-old, as a mother, as a wife, as a daughter, supposedly you're not supposed to feel like this. I think that's bullshit. Whoever said that. Yeah. I know. It's the Latino culture. Yes. It definitely is. Yeah. Coming from like a Hispanic background, Mm -hmm. the... Anxiety and depression doesn't exist. At least, at least within my family. Oh yeah, no, I think. Yeah, I no, that's. I, know, I my dad. It's all my like, parents would always just be like, "You're just sad." Like, you'll yeah. get over you're it. being messy. Yeah. Get over it. Yeah, yeah. It's true. Or like, you know, when I was like really struggling in school, like studying wise, to the point where it's like I thought I couldn't do it anymore. My parents were always like, "Well, this this is something you want to do for the rest of your life. This is something you love. You should just be good at it." And I'm like. Nothing in life comes here. Or like, or like they would say, like, oh, you have nothing else to do in this life. If you need a, how can you not have good grades? Exactly. (laughs) Like if you're not going through other shit. Yeah. At least coming from where I'm from, my parents in the beginning weren't able to provide for me. Like you know, for our family, we would we came like barely any money to their name. You know, like my parents have sacrificed so much time and so much like. Of themselves to like work and provide for like all of us you know and it was really hard but in the sense that like to them that anxiety and that depression doesn't like really exist it's just like oh you that's just how you're feeling it'll go away yes you know and you know I have family that like my aunts and uncles have provided for their kids they gave them the world you know and like me and my family were like we're accepting hand-me-downs like you can barely make ends meet you know? I remember like going eating like rice and beans for oh, yeah. months straight. Oh yes, of course. You know? <laughs> now I love rice and beans. I know. I know. Now I that I've moved out of my, you guys haven't <laughs> moved out yet. When you guys move out, no. you miss your mom's. Girl. I was like, I, I want those rice and beans, beans today, mom. Yeah. You got some extra. I'll take day old, two day old rice Breathe. and beans. I'm good. <laughs> Just coming from like a very Hispanic background, like I feel like my family thinks that that doesn't exist, and that's not the case, you know. In the Latino culture, Latino. being a woman, being a Latina woman it's like a whole nother fucking level of being a person yep, to me exactly. it is it's like yeah i understand white women black women asian women they all have their stuff don't get me wrong i'm not i'm not saying that but as with the way we were brought up as women we had to for sure never show emotion yeah. We had to fucking look pretty for some fucking reason when we were kids because we were supposed to be trying to find a husband or I don't fucking know. <laughs> yes, always we were good. We, we always had to look good. We always had to present ourselves ladylike. I always yes. hated that. I always hated that. Oh, I hate, I just remember media stockings. Oh, oh, media to stockings. this day, I have a daughter. She has worn medias twice in her life that's because good. of that. Because I never wanted her to, but that's to go through that. Uh, yeah. But I feel like our parents, obviously, all of our parents were migrants. They came from another country yes. here. So I f- sometimes I feel that because of the views of the campo that they were raised, their it was parents. their different environments, their parents, your guys' grandparents, like they taught them different things because i feel like in those types of countries what else did they have to do other than to get married make babies stay at home and help support take care of the kids and help support the husband yeah so it's not that our parents they i feel like sometimes they just didn't know any better that's all they know that's That's all all they they know know. and there's nothing wrong with that because i i've known people who's been married for 50 years and they're happy like that. They're the mom stays home was always a stay at home mom and they're happy doing that. They're happy taking care of their kids, their grandkids, great grandkids, 
And that's just their life, you know, and they're happy. But I feel like they now we're the first generation of kids that were born here in the United States. And I always felt like there was that separation that they wanted us to do that at the same time. But be, but go to work, educated, do whatever we had to do. But then also find a man, get married, make babies. I need grandbabies. I'm going to die without a grandbaby. (laughs) The fuck? You're going to die either way with or without a grandbaby. It doesn't matter. And now it's like the pressure of like. Yes, it's a whole other type of pressure. Yeah, I'm 24 and like I see everyone either getting engaged in a re- serious relationship or having a baby, which is nothing wrong with whatever yeah. order you do it in. The, that's the order. It's gonna oh, work. no. Yeah, then if okay. you do it, if you do but it the you, wrong oh, order. Yes. If you oh, are not, never sweet let you Jesus. Live. You <laughs> will always be known as the girl, as the hoe. That uh-huh. had the, even though you married the fool, exactly. even though you married him and had more kids, you will always be stigmatized as the girl that had the wetlock baby. Yep. Yes, exactly. and that sucks. It's like, dude, why? And but it's all virgin. Latina. Yeah, it's all Latina. It's and it's well, like because like we're Latinas and mm-hmm. we see it that way. But I mean, like coming Probably. from other cultures too, like it can be different yeah. for them too. It could be It'd different. probably be like, yeah, because they all want you to be a virgin before oh, you get married. Oh, sweet Jesus! The fact that I wasn't a virgin, and the fact that our parents <laughs> actually didn't do that as well. So like. Yeah. Oh, they'd be surprised. Certain parents were virgins and they like to keep the high expectations. Oh, that's like, oh, good, but we got to face reality. We got to face reality. This is 2019. It's a whole nother day and age. It's a whole new type of environment that we're in. And you can't teach an old dog new tricks, but we can try. Oh, yeah, you can try. You know, but then again, it's so hard to change your parents' point of view. Moving in with the guy before marriage. Oh, God. Oh, my sweet Jesus. Oh, my God. I was ridiculed. I was ridiculed. If you... Oh, my God. I was known as a hoe. A hoe. Because I opened my legs for this motherfucker. Even though if it was his family or my family saying it. Why the fuck are you moving in with him? For what? Because I want to get away from you people. I want to get away. I want to be by myself. I want to do it on my own. And I did. I feel like I I did do it. But I feel like in the Latino culture, they stigmatize you as this hoe or this person that's not holy. Or didn't do it the right way. Do it and do it the right way. Because then now, you know how many times I felt guilty for moving in with my boyfriend? Fiance, I still feel that way. It's sad to say, but I felt guilty to have sex sometimes. Because of what our parents taught us. Oh, yeah. And then that caused a drift in me and my husband's relationship that I wasn't supposed to do this. Because our parents taught us, my parents specifically taught us the Christian values. You're not yeah. supposed to have premarital sex. You're not supposed to do oh, this yeah. and this. But when I did, I felt guilty. And then I felt like I was going through a whole nother anxiety attack. I'm having sex with this guy that I love so much. But yet, in the back of my head, I'm just like, I feel guilty. I feel guilty. I can't enjoy this. I can't. Because it's like, it's fucked up how they install this into our brains. And it's just like, I knew he was, I knew from a long time ago, I knew he he was the one I wanted to marry. Mm -hmm. So it's not like he was some fucking new dick that I wanted to be on, you know? He was a true guy. I was in love with him. We didn't even say our love used till a year after we were dating. You know, like... So I knew it was real, but then that fear that they install on us made me go through anxiety attacks without even knowing I was going through anxiety yeah. attacks. I would go through these anxiety attacks and then take it out on him 
be like, fuck you, I want to break up, I can't believe we're doing this, I don't want to be with you, you know? And yes. it sucks because it shouldn't have been that way. Yeah. It should have just been what it was, a happy relationship. Are want- you happy? Am I happy? We're happy together? Then let's just keep going. Yeah. But then again, my mom also installed into a rule, if you're dating somebody by the fifth year, if homeboy hasn't proposed... You need a drop. Oh, Lord Jesus. Okay, because it's on me, right? To fucking wait. Because it's on fuck. Then then, then it's a whole other type of pressure. Then you're having more anxiety, more depression, more more everything. Because I'm just like, oh my God, what can I do to have him propose to me? Does it have to be like the woman that has to be doing that shit? Because, like, you know, I've been single for like, well, I mean, I've had like relationships in between, but I do keep my love life extremely private from my family because my family does ridicule and very it's like it's so bad to the point where like you don't even want to bring guys home yeah because they'll be like oh like i brought like one guy and it's i didn't even have an option because i didn't even want to bring him to the house and like that was it that was a mess (laughs) and it was like the last relationship i ever brought to the house embarrassed you did you feel like pressure does he work especially coming from like a religious background like you're dating someone to be married to them. You're not dating them to just waste your time. Yeah, exactly. You're not like, my mentality, my mentality is like, I just want a boyfriend. Like I'm sixteen. Let me have a boyfriend. I just want to make out with someone. Let me. I just want someone to buy me flowers and take me out to ask me the proposal. Please. Man, like, what am I supposed to do now? I don't want to marry the guy yet. And then it probably might estrange your relationship with them. Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah, see, and that sucks, because I feel like there's different types of anxieties. Oh, there's a shalom. Yeah, like, it's a whole other type, because then you're just like, fuck, when am I I ever going to bring another fool home? Yeah. Because when was, that was when you were, what, 16? 17, yeah. 17, and have you ever brought anybody back? And are you planning to? And are you planning to? She's like, hell no. See, that's what I mean, and that sucks. my parents, I'm like, okay, if I meet someone, that person has to be the one, but, you know... And then but I'll how be, do you know? Yeah, exactly. You, know? you gotta so kiss know. a lot of frogs to get to that prince. Literally, I'm gonna be like, okay, well, we're engaged, and they're like, who is this? Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, is it this what you wanted? Like, what, what, what you wanted? Right? You know, and you know, like I, yeah, but I keep my relationships very private, especially coming from like a religious background, like. You know, they tell you, like, you need to be like this so he can marry you. You need to be like that. or Scrutinize. They're already putting their opinions on your relationship when there's not even a a real relationship to start. And then that discourages you from being with this person that could have been fucking something great. And that sucks. A lot of parents with every boyfriend. Like, I would bring... Well, I think I had, like, one boyfriend. (laughs) No, I had many guys. But a real boyfriend that I brought home was only one. And they were always judging, even when the relationship was good. Like, they would always judge, like, um, what does he do? He doesn't have a car, like, all that. And it's like, how is that necessary? I'm, like, freaking 15 years old. Like, and then sometimes that causes you to withhold information to your family members and your oh, parents. Yeah. Yeah. And then, God forbid, what if homeboy is treating you like shit and he hits you? That's, like, and he my does this situation. And that. I yeah, can and never you- communicate that with my parents. I was in a relationship, abusive relationship, for five years with this guy. And I can never communicate to my parents because I feel like, oh, if they know, like... He won't be able to come to the house. Oh, like, they can't help me. They're going to call me stupid. Like, why? You know? 
So I never told them, but I, but I deal with it for so many years. This whole time, they did not know. So that's something your parents should be aware of. And for you some reason, I didn't open up because I wasn't close to my mom like that. At the time, I was still doing my drugs, my drinking. So I, that kind of separated me from my parents. But yeah, the fact that they didn't know about that was crazy. Did you, did you, obviously you ended a relationship, right? Oh yeah. And you told, did you tell anybody finally? So yeah, after um, he was harassing me, whatever, I ended the relationship. I told, I ended up telling my mom everything. Like I was just like, you know what? Like she needs to know. So I told her everything. I told, I opened up more to everybody because this whole time I was just keeping everything to myself. Like I never told people because I thought, oh, they're going to think I'm stupid. You put no boundaries. Like you always say yes to the man. You always handle their shit. Like guys, they need to stick uh, stick through this, you know? I would Yeah, because told, like, you hey, see like, so like, many families doing 40 years, but then homegirl was getting beat the first five years or being yeah. treated like exactly. shit. But now it's okay because he doesn't do that anymore. He, did, he used to have a drinking problem. But not exactly. anymore. Now he only do once a week. Yeah, I used to exactly. The fuck? So that all went in through my family as well. Like all my parents, like I don't want to say names, but family members went through like relationships where the man didn't even love them, but they're just there because they're married and you need they're to stick, stick to it, it. Yeah. and you have to say yes to everything. There's no boundaries. Like you don't care for yourself. Oh, you God lose yourself, you divorce, though. Exactly. Oh, my God. God forbid. And if you divorce your man, it's your fault. It's not yes. their fault. Yes. Yep. And then that, that puts like, a strain on us as again, women, yeah. I feel. It's just like, fuck me. I'm sorry. What? Like, yeah. this... Honestly, when you talk about it out loud, it's ridiculous. Because I remember I've talked to coworkers and other people about how the Latino culture is. And they're like, yeah, I've never had that. I'm not that close. I'm not, you know... How does that happen? How does your family get to dictate your life and it's just like it's not that they're dictating but yeah they have their opinions and we have to listen to them oh yeah and then they're like i don't understand why don't you just tell them to go fuck off it's just like you you, can you you tell your family to go fuck off and they still love you Mm -hmm. hold on like and that to me causes (laughs) like it's 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 true you know it's true you know it's just like uh okay You know, you cannot disobey them, and that sucks, because then now we're first-generation children that were born here, but now what about the next generation? I have a daughter. What am I trying to teach her? I get a lot of opinions from family members and friends telling me, oh, you need to do it like this and this. It's just like... Do I really? Because you did it like that, and look at what happened How to you. Did. Exactly. Look at what happened to my family, and look what happened to them. Why can't I just teach my daughter what I want to teach her, and for you to be okay with it? Exactly. A hundred percent okay. Yes, I know you've always wanted a niece, a grandchild. I understand that, but at the end of the day, hey. I held her in for nine months, you know, like I was pushing that. I was pushing that, you know, and that that comes to the point of why I don't let my daughter wear stockings or if I let her be a little boyish, I let her do this and that. If you ever see pictures of me when I was a little girl, my mom literally had a dress for me every motherfucking day with a hat, with (laughs) medias and socks and the white shoes. God forbid somebody were to see me not with that. And I've made sure to make it an effort to have my daughter sometimes be messy. 
Yes, of course, I have to let her match because that's something my mom always taught me. I understand. But sometimes I don't let her match, but I just don't show pictures to my mom. But (laughs) I know, literally, me and my husband had to say, like, oh, we can't tell our mom about this. We can't tell her about her eating this. And it's so crazy how you guys can't say that. Like, you feel like, oh, I can't tell my mom. And that sucks. And that sucks. Yeah, you should be able to say whatever you want. But, I mean, I get it. I understand that. And I try to sympathize. Trust me, I am the. I. To me, I feel like I listen to everyone's opinion. Everyone's. And I listen to them. And I'm just like, fuck. But how how can I break away from this? And yeah. I get little victories here and there. Sometimes, I, my husband knows, I say this. I have to be the bitch today. In so your guys' eyes. Mm-hmm. I have to be the bitch. I have to put my foot down. I tell him, no, this is not what we're going to do for her. Please let me do it. I need to literally be like that. And it sucks because then now they feel like I've hurt them or this and that or they go off and not say anything. It's just like, no, that's not it. It's just, you got to let me do, do it. it. Yeah. You're you got to let yeah. me be a mom. I understand. And then it, then it comes to a whole nother terms of they came to this country without their mom sometimes. So they were on their own. They mm-hmm. tell me they tell me that a lot. Like they're on their own. They didn't have anybody. And I understand that. And I'm very grateful that I have a whole village to help me take care of my daughter but then again, you still have to let me take care of her so that way the same mistakes, the same stuff isn't brought onto her. Because I don't know what I would do if I find out that my daughter is a teenager and does crystal meth and cuts herself yes. and has body issues. Even though I see her as this beautiful, beautiful girl, I would hate to be not oblivious to it, but to do it and then not do anything to help her. I I would want to be the type of parent to be like, hey, I don't give a fuck if you're fucking this, this fool. If you're doing drugs, just tell me about it. See something, say something. I feel like it's such a big thing because you don't want them to get hurt. I feel like now in society, you see so much more suicide. You see so much more people hurting themselves, hurting others, raping girls, raping boys, raping kids. kids. So many, so many things out there is just like, oh, fuck. It would break my heart. I would feel like I, that I would fail as a parent. Not if I teach her how to be a fucking girl so she could meet a husband so she can have babies. Oh, yeah. I would feel more a failure as a parent if that happened. If me and her didn't have a one-on-one conversation about the truth. Even if she's ratting out her friends or ratting out somebody else, you know? Mm -hmm. I would rather have that connection with her because I would have, I guess I would have wanted that when I was that age. I would have wanted the help. I would have wanted somebody taking me to therapy. Somebody telling me, it's okay, Karen. You don't have to do drugs. Yeah, we could do something else. We can go to the movies. We can, you know, don't worry about your body. Your body's fine, you know? Like, you're beautiful. You know, things like that that we needed when we were growing up, you know? Like that support system. Yeah, a support. Yeah. Not, And it sucks because you're just like, uh, it's not that your parents didn't support you. It's just... No, they did. It's just in a different way. Like, in a different way. We want to support our kids. I don't have kids, but <laughs> when I do, I want to support them differently than how my parents and i want them to have the trust like that i now have with my parents which before i didn't it was just oh she's my mom like i have to respect her Mm -hmm. say yes and all that but we never had that bond until now and that's i mean that's good but my hardest times were when i didn't have that bond with her and i couldn't talk to her so that was pretty hard as well i think for our parents it was more like i need to financially support your ass yes more working 
they didn't realize how much emotional support we actually needed coming to exactly. a country they didn't even know about. Yeah. And being having such easy access to drugs and like everything oh, else. I mean, and not only that, like I I know for me I knew for me that when I went into middle school, my friends were my biggest influence. Yeah. And oh, I had yeah. good and I had bad friends. Oh yeah. And luckily the one friend that stuck around was the one friend that like has changed my life. And that's why she's my best friend. Aww. I depend on her for so much. She's the only one that actually knows a lot of the things that like I don't discuss with like mm-hmm. anybody else. You know, she has been like my number one support for so long. We've been best friends now for twelve years, thirteen wow. since you were what grade? Since I was in sixth grade. And that's good. Aww. Not everybody has that. Exactly. Not and everybody has you know, that. Even though I had like family and like my parents and siblings, like. She was there, and she was someone that, like, hey, I need to just talk to you. Hey, we need to sit down and hash, like, things out. Like, I know her, like, the back of my hand, and she knows me, like, the back of her hand. We're, like, inseparable, you know? And, you know, we all, me and her had a lot of, like, similar things that, things we had in common, and, like, uh, we had to go through in life at the same time. And, you know, she was there for me, and I was there for her. And she, yeah, she was the biggest friend influence, and I think if I wouldn't have been with her during like my middle school years didn't have that friend support i have no idea where i would have ended up right five-year-olds who get bullied and yeah they kill so like how does you see how bad like you can't even communicate that with your parents hey like they're bullying me hey like do some or the teacher the teacher should be able to see those things in school like like how you said see and what see something say something exactly they should be able to see that there's no way you cannot see a kid getting bullied. Yes yeah, that's no. what that's what that's I don't get. But hard. then again, I guess this is a whole other thing as well. Like it's when I was going to school was completely different from you guys. You guys grew up with technology, with Facebook, oh, Instagram, yes. Snapchat. Yeah. That was a whole I was lucky if I got a flip phone eleventh grade, oh, okay gosh. guys? A flip phone. Didn't have internet. I had a text per letter, people. Oh, yeah, per motherfucking letter. It was horrible. Yeah. But we thought we were the shit. So the bullying back then was much, much more different. The, the I feel no like... Twitter. There was no Instagram. No, nothing. No, no nothing. No, so nothing. it was more like verbal, you feel? It was more verbal and actual physical bullying. Oh, yes, Like, yes. oh, yeah. I saw that throughout the year. I went to a high school that was all about football, all about sports. So you saw that. You saw people get made fun of in the quad, in the classroom. Oh, yeah. For somebody who was fucking... That couldn't read as well. Later on, they were discovered that they had some sort of dyslexia. But back then, they didn't know, and we wouldn't make fun of them. And that sucks. Mm -hmm. That is sad. You know? And so, I felt... I mean, I... Like I said before, like, I wish I had some sort of fucking... I wish I had fucking Instagram back then to just be on Instagram to get away from these fuckers. But then again, Instagram and social media or whatever... It's all even easier to fucking bully someone yes, because that's I feel like it's thing. easier to bully someone because you're not in it's, front of them mm-hmm. and you can post stuff about them. You can post like a, I knew some people in middle school who will like leak um, nudes of girls. Exactly. So that's so cruel and it was so easy to everybody can see. That's a whole nother issue that's, right there. The fact that you're thing. taking nudes when you're in fucking middle Girl. school. <laughs> see, to well, me, yeah, that's that's baffling. Happen. To me, that's baffling. That's. That's like me going through my self-image and taking like a literally 
uh, what was it called? An in uh, what is it? The disposable cameras. We had to wait oh, three yeah, days yeah, yeah. to get those pictures, and we would have to steal the pictures from CVS yeah, or wherever. It was harder. It was harder for us. I think like the guy who's developing the photos would see them. Like, I don't okay. fucking know. <laughs> you would think that there was a lot of photos. I'm like, this fool saw <laughs> teenagers with fucking bottles of Bacardi, fucking yeah. bottles of fucking smear, and did never said it. And we had to pay for our fucking photos, five dollars and shit. He never okay. said shit. But then I feel like social media has such a major effect on it. Oh, yeah. Like, all the stuff that I told you guys, never once did I bring up any type of technology because I felt, to me, like, it was, like, real shit right then in your face. Nowadays, and how you guys were raised in this new technological world, it could have been different. A rumor about you could have gone out in a second. Yep, yep. and the whole... You know? By the time my rumor went around, it probably have been, like, in three, four days. Mm-hmm. I remember one time in high school, uh, I'm not proud of it. Not proud of it still, people. I had what sex with uh, with one of my friends' boyfriend. Everyone found out. <gasps> and then the next week, that's when the other high school found out, and I was labeled as this fucking hoe. But then it didn't matter the next year. So it was like my junior year, but and I still feel bad. Deal, how did you deal with it? I was alone for a lot of the time. Oh, I, really? I had one best friend who was just me and her, and she stuck by me because, I mean, she was she was my real dog back then. And uh, But all the other friends, they, they fucking left me. And that was just sex between me and him by ourselves in a room, closed doors. I can imagine when you guys went to school, it was probably fucking titty shot, fucking pussy shots, dick shots. Like crazy, and that 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 to me is baffling. Everyone's that's, sending their everyone's sending yeah, everything. So like, here's a hand. Hand. <laughs> yes. hand. Oh, feet pictures now. They sell pictures of their feet. Oh, that's fetishes. a different yes. <laughs> that's a different topic. And then that sucks too because it shows how social media has affected how the way we see the world. Oh, yeah. How a girl who's going through depression, yeah, there, I remember you wanted to shout out to somebody. Oh, shout out to everybody. If you guys have Instagram, go ahead and follow Sad Girls Club. It's a page where they talk about, they're open about depression, anxiety, moms who have postpartum depression, any type of mental illness they talk about, they give, like, um happy post i mean i wish i had something like that exactly back then back then back then i wish oh fucking somebody because everyone was in their own world everybody was worried about what everyone was thinking right then and then so i didn't have that type of support and i felt like i i could have helped but then again social media can work against you it can work against you in a sense of now someone's bullying you across the fucking country. That too, and also that's weird. The way to me, that's weird. It's like, Ooh, you a lot of depression right now is you see girls looking like models, have yes. titties, have big ass, like a big, like nice body, and then you compare yourself. Like that's where that comes in. Like and it's all photoshopped, image. of course. Exactly, or they have have like work done. And it's like you always try to compare yourself, and you never feel good enough. And that's another reason. Yes. Why people are getting depressed? Well, the younger people. Because they're like, oh, yes. I don't have this. I don't have that. Why don't I look like that? You have to, you feel like that's the way to be. Like, no, that's just social media. They never show the reality. Like, not all of us look like that. Like, some of us freaking are short. Some of us have no titties. And it's normal. They don't And it's not until later on in life that you realize. Oh, yeah. That shit doesn't matter. That shit doesn't matter. Like, my husband now, I fucking don't shave my legs for fucking months. My husband don't give a fuck. He love you. He love you. He fucking loves me. But at that time, growing up in high school, mid-20s, oh, my God, I remember, I'm sorry to say this, I used to get fucking Brazilian waxes thinking that that's something that he wanted. 
Or how because, it should be, right? How, how it should, should be. be. A woman should be clean yeah. because no of hair. what we were taught. No hair. Not a single. I remember I've gotten laser off my arm hair, my face hair, my armpit, my body, everything. I've done it all because of what society and people have told me. Like, oh, yeah. When social media was coming out little by little, it was like, you need to look like this. And I was... I was going through another form of depression That's because I was like, I need to be good. like this. Yeah, I would yeah, starve I myself. There's so much pressure on yeah, everybody. Yeah, I would starve myself. I would do all these crazy exercises and crazy things until until my husband now, he literally had to stop me. He would be like, stop. Whatever the fuck you're doing, I don't like. Stop. Just be you. Yourself. I fell in love with you. I didn't fall in love with a fucking stupid girl with a big ass and big tits. I fell in love with you, so stop. And even now, to this day, he tells me that, but sometimes that anxiety, sometimes that, like, uh, does he really love me? Of course he loves me, but then sometimes I feel maybe like... Doesn't. Maybe he does Maybe he wants a big ass. Maybe he wants a big ass. Maybe I should get implants. Maybe I should get this. And he's like, what are you... Stop. Stop spiraling out of control. And it's just... It's just something that's from the past that keeps coming up. Traumas. The traumas, the... They're at the door. They're like, oh, well, maybe if, you know, like maybe if you had bigger tits, maybe he'll want to have sex more. Or he'll love you. Or he'll love me. Exactly. You know? He'll want this and this. Yep. And then another another thing I forgot to mention is you guys still haven't dealt with it, but I hope you guys don't, whatever your body decides. A uh, major depression that I'm going through right now is uh, infertility. I've been trying to get pregnant with baby number two. And this October, already now, it is a full year of trying. A year of trying, going into doctor's office, having prongs stuck up my fucking vagina to see if my follicles are big enough for months and months and pills and all this other shit and it's not working and people just tell me, don't stress out. Don't stress out and you'll get pregnant. It's like, no motherfucker, I have a condition and there's a reason. I have PCOS. And what that means is I don't have regular periods. I have acne. I have body hair. Or, yeah, facial hair, sorry. I have excessive weight gain. And I didn't find that out till later on in life. So I finally got insurance. Let's just say that. (laughs) And I was like 25, 26 when I finally got medical insurance that they can tell me that there's something wrong with me. So then that, that becomes a whole nother issue for me and my part because... Now I feel like my body is failing me. The one, see, this is how I think. The one thing that I'm supposed to be a woman, I cannot even do. And that's Imagine yeah. how much that fucks with your brain. Oh, yeah. Imagine how much that fucks with your whole, no fucking wonder I'm not pregnant. Mm-hmm. Because imagine trying for a whole motherfucking year and it's just like, oh, yeah, you got to just keep doing this. Like, dude, I'm putting chemicals into my body. Exactly. Chemicals that... Why can't my body be like every other fucking Latina that has fucking 12 kids? But my body, of course. My mom had six. My husband's side of the family had three or four, you know? And then our grandparents had like a million kids. And, of course, I am the one that... I Thank God I have my daughter. I don't know. By the grace of God, I got my daughter. Thank God. And then now I can't even have one. And, of course, we can't adopt because we don't live in a house. We don't have that type of income. We don't have all this stuff. So I feel like my depression even more has gotten like higher. Escalating. Escalating little by little by little. And then the fights happen with my husband. So it's like all these things that. 
add up together. Add up. And exactly. then that little chihuahua dog door keeps knocking. I was like, wait, which chihuahua door? <laughs> no, but I know what you're The chihuahua door is still knocking. Like, what? It's like different reasons to be depressed. So yeah. it's getting more and more. It can't be so hard on yourself. You I know, I know. Yourself. And it, it's taking a lot of, like, um, it's taking a lot of just, like, sitting back, realizing what you have. And my mom says it best. She says, look at what you have in front of you. You have your little daughter who's beautiful. She's healthy. She's smart. She's fucking the most active child I've ever seen in my life. She's half my husband, half me. But she's here. Somebody up there, whether you believe in God or not, somebody looked out for you and they made you lucky. You know? And I know all this. I know all this in my heart. I know all this. But then that's still that little, you can't help little thing. Feel you like, why the fuck can't I get pregnant? What haven't I done? You see, oh my God, my husband gets so mad because I've been doing the natural route and like uh, essential oils, teas. Oh my God, my husband hates the fucking smell. It's like fennel, Carlos stage, uh, lilo. It's all these fucking Aww. herbs that I've never heard of, but supposedly it helps and he hates it. But then again, he's like, I understand, just close the door. And I had to suffocate myself in it. And then I'm supposed to relax with it, but then I don't relax. And that's... And that's... Then my anxiety kicks up. So then, do you think maybe it's hard for you, for you to have a baby? Maybe because all the pressure that you already have or all the depression you have, everything. anxiety? It's everything so all at all once. That. It's all that. I feel like it's all that, all at once, coming in all at once, and it sucks. And then on top of that, I'm a woman. Yep. I I still feel that that grandma and mom saying, oh, well, if you would have been like this, if you would have done it the right way, mm-hmm. if you would have been a better, I'm sorry, and I don't like to bring up religion. I don't. I know it's a very sensitive subject. So, yeah. But if you would have been a better sister in Christ, this could have happened. Oh, yeah. And how? what is that supposed to do to you mentally? It's like, fuck you up. What? Like, how fucked up is that? And I understand because their views are that, and I'm not going to judge them. I'm not going to clown. It's them. That's how they think. I understand that. But it's like, I understand everything's in God's hand. I believe that. But it's like, do I really need to hear that right now? I'm going through my own depression. I'm fucking having an anxiety attack right in front of you. And you're telling me that it's my fault. Thank you for reminding me that. On top of that, I already know. Exactly. You know, and I mean, I I don't know how it is going to be with you guys, but... If it were to be the case, I I would want you guys to know, like, hey, I'm here. I've been here. I'm sure you guys have had family members that have gone through it. And the stigma shouldn't be there. The stigma should be like, okay, let's help each other. Let's empower one each other. You know? Not only with my infertility or my depression, with your anxiety and your anxiety, you know? Like, hey, how how about we go out running? Let's just go outside and let's just talk. Yeah. Let's just do this. Let's empower each other. Let's empower others to to do the same, you know? Cuz I feel like now nowadays kids like we were talking about before, kids, young younger kids that you were saying, they're getting this type of depression. Mm-hmm. And what can we do? Why don't we start programs? And I know there are some programs, but specifically how, for that. But specifically for mental health. Oh yeah. It's like, dude, come on. You don't think a 5-year-old sees his parents fighting? You don't think they're going through some sort of depression? It's like, no they are. They just don't know that it's depression, yes. you know? I also was reading yesterday about how being poor, basically, poverty and all that, mm-hmm. that's a big trauma. And, like, I didn't know that until yesterday. Like, 
we were freaking poor like all of you guys too like we were all freaking poor so it's like all of that was like oh i can't get what i can't want like our parents couldn't get it like they worked hard but we could never get what we wanted or what we wanted to eat and that's all trauma and i just found that out that's freaking crazy like you can't have your cake and eat it too yeah <laughs> is that what i thought it was the opposite i said you can't you can't not your cake you can't make a cake and eat it too is that the same thing I have never even heard this. Something about all. cake. It's, it's like the same you're thing. I know what you mean. Yeah. 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 At least for me, since, you know, my family went through that, it was like we, I had to work hard. I had to work twice as hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, there was a point where I was going to school full time and working three jobs, getting home around like 1 a.m. and then waking up at 7 or no, not even at like 5.30 and then having to work a morning shift at the school I was working for and whatever. And then going to school and then going to work and then going to another job and then on the weekends going to a different job like just to help support my family. And luckily when I got into like my university, like my parents were doing really well. And now it's like we're in a very good place and we've never been in a place like that. So now it's like, we're enjoying it. I need to get an education. I need to get a good job. I need to get hired. I need to find something that... So that way you don't go I through don't, that again. You don't go through... I don't through. want my kids growing up, going through a situation Same like that. You. you know, I worked three times as hard as like a lot of my other family members or, and even like relatives and uh, whatnot. And, you know, being the youngest out of like all my family, I felt like... I actually, I even had, I went through depression and anxiety during my graduation because it sucked because my grandpa was in the hospital, he was sick, and then it felt literally like it to be a joyous occasion, it wasn't. Mm-hmm. I feel like people were kind of like faking it like, oh, congrats, yeah, you did it, but you know, their kids didn't do it. Exactly. Or, you know. They're just being they're, fake. They're, yeah. Or they would be like, well, now... You can't have your head in the clouds like that. You know, you can't be, oh, well, she got she got this. I'm like, <laughs> I worked three jobs. I would Work not hard. even sleep for weekends on, for weeks on end. Like, I worked my ass off. I Haters. I myself. Yep. Oh, yeah. Haters are always going to hate. Haters yeah. are going to hate. And it sucks because these are your family members exactly. or these are the people that supposedly say that they love you yeah. and they should be supportive. You. They should be or even even close friends. Yeah, friends. Yeah, friends and that I don't even have that aren't even my friends anymore. anymore. And like I let so many toxic people in, out of my life. Like this year alone, I realized how many people are willing to stick through it, through the good and the bad, and how many people are willing to just like, all right, well, I'm mad at you because of this, this, and this, and it's like petty shit. Yeah, like are you serious? Like never once when they were growing up or whatever the case was. Was I ever upset that, you know, they got the new phone, they got brand new clothes and this and that. And they didn't give a shit if we were struggling with my family. Like, they didn't give two fucks if we were poor. They didn't care enough to be like, hey, like, you know, like, you you need some clothes. Like, let me give you the ones I don't even wear. Like, it was more like, oh, that, that used to be my shirt. Like, why do you have it now? And it's like, I don't get new clothes for school. I don't get new shoes for school. Like, Same shit with me. That's crazy. Fuck, like... I'm sorry, like, to the point where, like, we wouldn't even accept it anymore. Yeah, exactly. So I was just, you know. It's haters that, unfortunately, if somebody else sees you succeed, Mm -hmm. they're jealous because they're not at that point. 
So if anything, it sucks because you're feeling that way, but you should be fucking flattered because guess right. what? You motherfucking did it. You did You that, fucking girl. did it. You're alive, aren't you? Yeah. You're not on fucking drugs. You're not some hoe on the motherfucking street. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You didn't fucking do some bullshit acts when, you know, like you actually are doing something with yourself. And on top of that, you're going through your own mental health. Yeah. And then on top of that, you're still going. You still have the fucking energy. You still have the fucking pilas, the fucking energy to keep fucking going. Yeah. But I think the worst part is, is that, you know, people see you succeeding and people seeing you do good. But it's like, you're visually seeing me. When was the last time you asked me or texted me or anything mm-hmm. to be like, hey, like, what's going on? Like, mm-hmm. haven't heard from you in weeks. You haven't posted anything. Like, I would Nothing. be off social media because I could not emotionally or physically handle my life anymore i would feel like i'm spiraling into a deep hole there would be like days where like my sister would be like oh let's all go out let's all do this we're gonna do this and i would literally just be at home like i physically can't get out of it yeah i can't do anything today or my mentalities my excuse for everything was always like i have school i have school i can't go out i have school that's because like i just cooped myself up at home and did not want to socialize with anybody and then I would have really like good days where it's like hey let's go to Disneyland hey let's go here let's go do this or I would literally just try to put on a face they're like you need to go out you need to do this and it's like I know what I need for myself you don't need to tell me what I need exactly your body you know like I need to stay home I need to rest I need he to knows recuperate. she knows her body she knows her body yeah <laughs> That's the inside joke. <laughs> but you know, yeah. everybody knows. No, you're right. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, if you feel like shit, you don't want to get. You can't get out physically. What makes you think going out is gonna make it better? I mean, sometimes like, if it's nothing bad, but like if it's a mental illness, depression, like you legit feel heavy. You feel like, I can't even laugh. I don't even care what people are saying. It's very different. It's a different yeah. state of mind. So it's like very difficult to even go out. And why? Why would you go out? Yeah. So you can be sad? Yeah. There's literally, even, like, within, like, the past, like, four years for my birthdays and stuff, I'm like, I don't want to do anything. Like, I don't even, I wouldn't even want family to come over because I'm just like, I don't want to do anything. I just I want to stay home. Absolutely. That's just, like, my feeling of it. I just can't help but feel the way I already feel about a situation. Mm-hmm. Yes. Exactly. And then there would be people that would cause conflict, and I won't associate, like, my life with those people because yeah. it's just, like, if you're bringing conflict into my life, it's going to cause me more anxiety. Yeah. You're not helping the situation. You're just making it worse. What type of things are you doing to help? What type of things are you are you guys doing to, like... Now, obviously... And that's another thing, too, that people don't understand. There's no 100% cure for mental health. You can take all the pills. You can take all this stuff to help yourself get through day-to-day... But at the end of the day, it's like the little chihuahua door. It's always, it's always knocking Yeah. to me. And um, what, what type of things are you doing to, I guess, help you out? To help you ease the day, ease the weeks, ease the months? I think like last year, one of my close friends saw that I was like really struggling with a lot of things on my plate. And she invited me to her house for a pain and white night. Nice. And I never like thought okay whatever you know I just need to like talk to somebody and like just uh kind of what's it called vent mm-hmm. of like the situations that were going on within my family within my personal life within my love life you know mm-hmm. 
and you know you know what they say like uh trouble comes in threes like mm -hmm. you know so that's what it felt like at that point so she invited me to go over and I just realized that you know as I was painting and as we were like talking and laughing and like I just felt like I was putting so so much of like my emotions onto like the canvas like mm -hmm. I and I continue to do that that's something like I still do today like and as I kept doing it, I realized that I was getting really good at it. So I started also seeing that the type of week I would have is the type of colors I would use. If I was having like a really bad week, I would use a lot of dark colors. Mm -hmm. If I'm having like a good week, I would use like softer colors, pastels. And then if I'm having like, if I was having like a good week and I just wanted to paint, like it would be more like bright. Artistic. Yeah. And then I was also starting going to the gym a lot more because like I gained so much weight when I went into school. I've been trying to lose it but you know my whole entire family struggles with their weight. Every single one. Was it stress eating from being stressed and stuff? Oh or, yeah. Girl we have that problem. Everybody does. I think everybody does. Right now I'm <laughs> yeah. thinking about tortas and tacos. Yeah. That's all yeah. I want in my life right eat now. Eat the pain. Eat some food. Yeah. <laughs> I think it also has to do with like you know us never having like my mom always told us like never to waste food. Mm -hmm. Oh yes. Oh and yes. That's it's a like, We didn't one. have like enough money for like you know and then there would be times where it's like dude I'm still hungry and it's like you for know me. we had to wait. We had to wait I don't know how many days until like the next paycheck and oh. then you can you know so it was just like okay so now you feel that you now that you guys are in more of a comfortable state you guys can go out yeah. to indulge yourself yeah and the weight has come from that but you, my, my mentality is so fucked up because i feel like i have a problem with mm. money like you spend. I spend it because i don't think it's because you didn't have it for you yes and yes i get that, that. So you people, don't have like, that. people are like oh well now that you guys like i'll have money like you're going like on these trips Shopping. and stuff like you guys went on trips with, like when we were mm -hmm. fucking younger and i had to stay home like and you were my parents shit. took us to like fucking santa monica for like the day and that was a vacation you know Aww, that's nice yeah like in our mentality that was a like you, if we had gas money and we had money to buy snacks, we're going to the beach. Mm -hmm. Yes. Because that's what we could afford. Mm -hmm. My uh, my husband brings up that point of view, and he's like, why don't you ever save money? It's like, motherfucker, it's not that I'm not trying to save money. It's just that I have money now. I'm going to make sure to use that money for something that other people need. Whether it be my mom, whether it be my daughter, my nieces and nephew. Because back in the day, we couldn't be able to afford so you shit. Like having yeah. like to I, help people when yeah. no one helped you guys. Yeah, or exactly. Did, like it'll help you. Like, nobody, nobody exactly. helped us. So it makes we, you feel good that you're yeah. helping them. The fact that I used to get new shoes every once a year, I was like, oh sweet Jesus, payless, payless, Las <laughs> Vegas. Yeah. You know, but now now I could buy shoes left and right. I buy my daughter anything that she wants, hoping that she doesn't get as spoiled as the other people do. And because of my own views, I hope, I hope that she turns out to be a better version of all of us combined. Yeah. yeah. You know, but I understand the whole money thing because I should. You spend my money. Yeah. Look at all this shit I have here. I mean, this is all, this couch, that couch, that fucking TV. Guess who the fuck buys it? You got money. No, it's true. That's I got money, true. but I spend it on things that I know that are going to make me happy. Because guess what? Money comes and goes. Exactly. But, you're exactly. Happy. Yeah. but happiness 
the happiness I get from sitting on this couch, the feeling good is like, fuck yeah, I can I, w- I might have gone to the Sears outlet in fucking West Covina to get the better sale. Yeah. Shit, but this couch, 600 bucks, it was 1200 So I, I understand where you're coming from 100%. And then my... Uh, my husband, he he grew up in a sense of good income family. Oh. Not that both parents were working, but they had a steady income, so their life was was very different. I'll give you guys a story. It's it's not fucked up, but I I realize it little by little throughout the years. Um, I we went recently to um, Las Vegas for my thirtieth birthday. And uh, we we flew out there and we had to land at the airport. And I don't know if you guys have seen certain airports, like literally right next door is the car rental place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we had to rent a car, of course. So we rent it online, blah, blah, blah. When we get there, we land. We're like, all right, where's the car rental place? And it's like, uh, you have to take a bus to the car rental place. Mm-hmm. It's literally two miles away. It's like a four minute drive on the free bus that the airport provides for us my husband was so appalled he's like i have to take the bus oh my god the bus i was like he's like no no no. order an uber order a new uber i'm just like let me ask the guy how far it is hold on relax and he's like yeah it's like a four and a half minute drive i'm like it's okay babe we'll go he's like i just don't know what to do what am i gonna do on a bus i was like you Stop. sit your ass down and get to the motherfucking car rental place. And when we get onto the bus, it's like, he's like, no, we have to go to the back of the bus. Him not realizing, because he never grew up with the bus, the engine's in the back of the bus. The back, exactly. So we're sitting back there. He's like, what's that noise? What's that rumbling? I was like, you wanted to sit in the back of the bus. That's the back of the bus. <laughs> That's the back of the bus, motherfucker. And it makes me realize, like, it's not... And there's nothing wrong with that. His parents were able to provide for him. But the way he sees things, the way how he reacts things are much different compared to me who didn't have anything and who lived off the bus my entire life, oh, yeah. you know? Exactly. My first two years of college, I was going oh, yeah. bus. Till my graduation, I was going to. Like, my, my community college was hella far, like, oh, yeah. super far. And I had to take the bus every single day. Yeah. And it was a three-hour bus drive. Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. And sometimes people don't realize by them saying those things, like, it hurts, too. Because my husband's like, why do people need to take the bus? And it's just like, fool, not everybody. Not everybody had it as nice as you. And there's nothing wrong with that, of course. Their parents provided for them. It was perfect. So it, was, it was nice for them. But then again, I wish they would have... Like, understand I, or kind not of... Not understand, what? in a sense, but kind of, like, let them fucking I, go without yeah. money for, like, a month or two, you know? Yeah, like, let, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. To like, see, because his parents came from nothing and then got something. So they lived the American dream, and oh, then yeah. now they were able to buy a ride for the children. But then now, the children are full-blown adults, and now... They don't know anything about... Poverty or nothing, like taking buses or... Taking buses, not being dealing, able to eat. Not being able to eat, going... I mean, my husband's gone through his own share of depression, but it's a different type of depression. Yeah. yeah. It's a type of depression that's like uh, for shit that's happened to him because of himself. Stupid oh, yeah. shit that he's done. And that's why he be, he became depressed for whatever reason. For me, I'm depressed because I'm fucking poor. Mm-hmm. I'm poor because I can't even fucking only eat rice and beans and a piece of ham for dinner you know yeah. it's like uh no and that and i hope to teach my daughter that it's okay to be poor i guess yeah. to make her understand like 
It's okay to be poor. It's okay to be rich. It's okay to be in the middle. But you still have to be a good person. You have to make sure you're doing good. You got to make sure you're helping others. You got to make sure to do that. So that way your mentality, you're, you got to take care of yourself. Yes. And that's what I want to teach her. Because I feel there's so many people out there that they don't teach their kids that. They don't. They're like, oh no, money, money, money. It's yeah. like, no, fool, it's not all about money. And you can be poor and be happy. As yes. well. Like yes. When I was yes. poor, I was really happy. Obviously not the happiest I can be like. Oh, yeah, but, like, we made the best out of everything. Like, we had our family, you know, even if it wasn't just, let's say, one single parent, no. But you still have your your brothers and sisters to support your mom. Although they couldn't always be there. But you were happy, right? Were you guys mm-hmm. happy? You guys found some uh, My childhood was happy up until yeah. my brother died. No, yeah, yeah. My childhood, childhood was happy. Exactly. So, and I guess not everybody experiences that. They just think money is the way to go, and, like, that's mm-hmm. the only way you'll be happy. And you realize that when you get rich and you have all that money, where's your happiness? Like, no. maybe you you might be happy. Okay, I can buy this and this. But that one day, that's gonna all going to end, you know, all the... Uh, I, was telling, I was telling Sam that um, I wanted to know what have you done to make yourself happy oh, throughout this mental oh. health type of thing. What have you done? I think self-care, like, that was the biggest thing for me was um, taking care of my body. So, exercising, same thing as she said, like, I was exercising a shitload. I was doing yoga, like, anything that will make me feel like I'm in the moment or I'm doing something for my body. Or yeah, just, just being productive. Just, yeah, being productive, but mainly, like, trying to love myself because that's one thing I've never had. I never had a good self-esteem. Like, I was always put down my mom was like, you're too fat, you're too skinny, you're this, you're that. Like, you always had to be a certain figure, you know? So all that, like, it'll cost me to, okay, I feel better when I exercise because I feel like I'm losing weight. And either way, by the way, running causes you to feel happy as well because it causes... It releases endorphins. So that's a way of feeling better. And then also, like, taking care of my skin, even though I don't have perfect skin, but it helps me, like, knowing, like, okay, I'm caring for myself. Um, What else? Obviously, feeling better. I mean, I drinking would make me feel better. <laughs> but obviously, it doesn't always work. But it's not something that, that works forever. But that's a process still, trying to stop to drink, you know. But that's, like, temporary. But to feel, like, better, better, you mean? Like, how? Like No, I'm just saying, what cope? are some examples that you have been doing oh. to make yourself better through your anxiety and depression? That? And stuff? Oh, okay. That's what I meant. Well, yeah, for me, exercise. Like, that's the biggest thing. Oh, and getting close to my family and being able to talk to them one day to another where I couldn't fucking die or I can do this and I didn't tell my mom I loved her. Oh, I didn't do this. Like all that, like realizing that and being able to tell my my brothers and sisters I love you, like all that makes me feel better. Yeah. So that's basically what I what makes me feel better. It's especially working out. <laughs> so that's my biggest one. Like working nice. out like just fucking makes me happy. Or not being shy, like changing the way that I am. I don't know. I'm very weird. Like, no, it's not. Like it's Karen. not. <laughs> no, yeah. I am. Or you are. It's all good. I am. <laughs> um, some of the things that I've been doing is, it sounds weird, but I've been watching uh, movies. Oh, wow. I love movies. I love it. I know it's, it's and this is a whole other thing. How can, be, how can you be watching movies when you have a child? It's like, yes, I know I have a child, but I can, I can still do what I want to do, like, I'm not just a mother. I'm still, I'm a human being as well, you know? Like, I'm a human being as well. I can, 
I can like movies. I can fucking read a book for an hour. I can oh, go to school. Yeah. Like, all those things, like, they kind of make me happy. I'm just like, oh, shit. Like, I'm doing something for me. I'm not yes. losing myself in this depression that I have. Even though it does come up every so often, I still find the joys of going to Target once a week. Oh, I fucking yeah. love Target. going to Target. My be. husband knows on Saturday or Sunday, we're going to motherfucking Target. Target yeah. I'm, I have the Target red card. I get 5% back. I have all these coupons every week. I don't give a fuck. Even if it's just 25 bucks, I will go. Mm-hmm. And just to get her coffee, walk around. So my daughter gets so excited to go for to Target. Target. Like Good. she already knows when we're pulling up, into the fucking target into that center she's like yeah we're going yeah like she gets so excited i was like yes you are my daughter you get excited as well you love target you love target and i just and like i said before like i like buying stuff for people like so that makes you feel better that's yeah it does that's nice yeah and i like and i like talking i feel like that's why i like talking a lot that's why i feel like this i know this is why i feel like this podcast it's so good because I have great friends. I have great mm-hmm. people in my life that I could just talk to and we can have real discussions about Open real up. shit. And that's what I love about my podcast is that this is real shit out there. Yeah, you know? exactly. Something else that I wanted to bring up. I, I've been seeing all these, like I follow all these uh, things on Facebook, like whether it be different pages. I don't know what the fuck their names are, sorry. <laughs> like um, there's all these like... Um, different pictures they like to post up different things that are positive and more informative too oh yeah yeah like this past september was uh suicide prevention month these are some facts that may hit home but it's fucking true that we lose over eighty thousand people a year to suicide wow eighty thousand fucking people that's crazy it is the leading cause of death for men under 50 oh wow yeah it is the 10th biggest cause of death worldwide. Two of the leading factors that contribute to suicide is isolation and feeling like a burden. Oh. Exactly what we were talking about. Exactly. Speaking up when suicidal isn't attention seeking. Another thing that I was reading is that I wish people knew that mental health is so physical too. Oh, yeah. That we don't realize it. That our headaches, our painful jaw and teeth, heart palpitations, upset tummy, night and day sweats, fatigue, exhaustion, sensory overload, rock solid tense shoulders, cramps, bitten sore fingers, and restless legs. You don't even really, yeah. I, I feel, didn't know about the jogging, and I have yeah. that, and the sweats, everything. Like, wow, yeah. isn't that crazy? I have, like dreams where your teeth are falling out. Yes, girl, all the time. Oh, yeah, oh, that's oh. part of it. I think I have when I'm really stressed out, or I have your a teeth. lot of. I have dreams where my teeth are falling out. It's consecutively wow. nightmares, right? Like, yeah. Yes, I agree with that. Since I had like an interview, mm-hmm. I was literally so nervous and so stressed out. I was biting my fingers. Oh yeah, my husband. To like his, the point where they bleed. Yeah. That's how yeah. bad it is. Okay, yeah. No, I've no, known no. my husband for ten years, and to this date, I've never seen nails on his fingers because of his anxiety that he has. He's always biting, biting. and then he's biting the cartilage out. That's what I do. That's yeah, what he I has. Do. It's so nasty. I'm sorry, but it's like that is nasty. But it's our way. Like, I, feel better. Mine are so sore because it just—it was yesterday. <laughs> or moving your legs, like I think I've called restless. 
leg syndrome. syndrome? Oh yeah, I've had that. that. See that that shit came out new. I've had that my entire life. Me and my brothers all had it. That shit, right? I didn't know about that. And then somebody brought it up. I was like. Oh, well, I've been like, yes, I don't fucking know. And that medicine that I take is exactly for that. Oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't even sit still. You always see me like, who is that? So uh, another thing is that depression doesn't just present as sadness and feeling blue. It can also present as being distracted, forgetfulness, vagueness, tiredness, apathy, nausea, social withdrawal, behavior out of character, Lack of interest, moodness, decreased motivation, decrease in confidence. Everything what we talked about. These are symptoms of depression. They may be annoying for others to deal with, but they are harder to live with and manage. Exactly. Please be patient. Sufferers can cannot just snap out of it. Exactly. They are doing the best that they can. Isn't that crazy? They're like, stop being sad. Or mm-hmm. Stop doing this. So another thing that I was going to bring up is... What can we do for others? So there, there was a thing that says, things to say to a loved one with mental health problems. I'm here for you. How can I help? I will not give up on you. You make me so proud. I am not going anywhere. And I love you on your good days and bad days. That's beautiful. Isn't See? that so important yes. to have? Without exactly. even knowing, like yeah. something even- as simple as that. To text the people around you, even if you feel like they're they're having the best time of their lives, they are still they might still be going through shit, and that you should see okay. something, say something, you know. I had this guy I was talking to, and he was like, "You were so strong back then. Like, I know you're strong, and you're better than this." I'm like, "It's not like I'm not strong no more. It's not like it's like you're weak I want or something." To be yeah. Freaking depressed. I'm sorry That's for my freaking trauma and all my fucking. Sad yeah. experiences, but yeah, we're not all superheroes. Exactly. As as women, we're not this i idea that everyone has. And I hate feeling we're weak. like we're weak. It's okay to be weak. It's okay to be but vulnerable. Then, it's okay to be all that. Like yeah. we don't have to be these women that have it all or have it made or have it like done right. You know, it's just like, yeah. dude, just let us be us. Stop fucking criticizing us. Yeah. Who the fuck cares? Let us be sad. If we're going to be sad. Okay. But let it uh, help us out. Don't or, just fucking judge us. Or don't help. Like just tell us, okay, you're here for us. Like yeah. if you feel like we're weak, okay, then I don't need you around me. Yeah. Like you're not you're dragging me, me down. You're putting me down. You're clearly not meant to be around me. So bye. Deuces. You know? It's true. Yeah, I think for me, like, it's more of a sense that when I do feel like I have anxiety or I'm, like, very, like, depressed, it's, like, they're pushing themselves on me. Yeah. Like, pushing me to talk. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what I do not need. I'll come to you when I need to come to you. I just need to know that you're going to be there. You know, because there's people that say, like, oh, yeah, I'm there for you. I'm always blah, 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 you know. And it's like, dude, where were you? Yeah. Exactly. The most. There would be times where it's like I go. Uh, I think the worst ones for me is when I really need somebody, and I'll text and I won't get anything back mm-hmm. from That's anybody. The worst, and then I start spiraling. Like, dude, like no one cares. Like no one gives a shit. Like for so long I've dealt with that and like had that mentality that it's like, all right, well, you know, I'm on my own. Like nobody cares about my mm-hmm. issues. I can't talk about it. 
Yeah. So I don't just talk keep about it to it. yourself again. It's mm-hmm. like yeah. a cycle. Yeah. It's a cycle that we should aim to break. And we're break whether it, it yes. whether it's between us, whether it's between our family members, whether it's be. I was like, I'm loud enough. I can say, whether, no. yeah. Yeah, whether, cool. <laughs> whether it be, I feel like for the next generation coming in, we should, we should aim to be better. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think, yeah. What well, all goes to our children? It all the goes kids, to our children. The babies. It's, it's scary to think that like my family knowing me for 22 years, no 20, sorry, 23, no, 22 years, guys. 23, 24 years barely like know you year, found out that like this dude she feel, she has anxiety Isn't i would get texts i'm like are you sure you have anxiety it's like how are you gonna tell me how I'm <laughs> sure are you sure you don't want to let me like, let me check no, hold on just, no but i, I kind of like, get it at the same time yeah. because like i portray myself as yes. this very positive person i'm very like we all try dude, you're sad you're crying like let's go out like i make you. time for everybody i like once a year, we all go out for each other's birthdays or uh, whoever's birthday's coming up next. We always go out. Or, like, you always see me at, like, family events. I, I try, like, not to miss a family event. That's my main priority. Or even I'll go even hours before to go help set up, you know? Like, hey, you need something? Like, let's go, let's go, let's go. But it's, like, when was the last time, like I said before, when was the last time someone checked on me and asked me if I was doing okay or, like, you know? Like, I have to go posting it on Facebook that, like, I'm dealing with so much shit on my plate, I can't even handle it anymore. Exactly. And you're finding out, like, are you sure? Maybe it's just, like, a rough patch. Like, like, no. like, no. Like, I knew something was wrong with me when I started feeling it consistently because I mentally thought, like, okay, like, I don't think I should be feeling this way all the time. Like, what the hell's wrong? Like, so, when is this going to end? You know, and, you know, it's... Like, yeah, doctors make mistakes, but sometimes t- talk to your doctors. Like, I didn't know I needed, like, to get extra help, needed medication. Like, nobody in my family ever knew I was on medication. Nobody, because I don't talk about it. I don't talk to my family because my family doesn't see that it's something wrong. They just, you know, like, if you're taking medicine for whatever, or you're, you're acting like this certain way, it's because you're being dramatic. You just want attention. It's like, that's the opposite. Like, I'm not attracting attention. I don't want to talk to anybody about it because, you know you guys don't understand me you don't understand where I'm coming from and you want answers and the worst part is when you're dealing with depression and anxiety I can't always give you the answers you want because you can't fix me I have to fix myself exactly and that's what a lot of people don't understand you like people are there to help you and support you but the only way you're ever going to overcome the situation is if you focus on yourself and start fixing yourself from the inside out. Yep. Yes. 100%. There's no way. Yeah. You have to love Definitely. yourself. You're never going to grow. You're never mm-hmm. going to grow if you're not going to And sometimes yourself. it takes a long time for people to realize. Okay. I'm oh, 30 yeah. years old and I'm still struggling with it. See, oh, it's yeah. like I'm 21 and I still don't have it. <laughs> oh my God, girl. You 23 and I'm still figuring it out. Yeah. All it's of us. Never, we're all different ages. It's and we're all the never. Same. It's never going to be easy. But as long as we persevere, as long as we help each other out as long as we have each other's back truly and because we have because we know this and because we know each other i feel like we can help each other out oh yeah you know like about it just be open like this a conversation like this like wouldn't that be nice exactly another big thing sorry i need to talk Mm -hmm. about this my therapist told me like i didn't even realize that i was doing all this same thing with you like you try to feel like 
I'm gonna help everybody. I'm gonna help. Those are not setting boundaries. Like you need to set boundaries. Same for me. Like I'm the same way as you. That's yeah. why I'm like, but I'm I'm not want to get into that because it's too much. <laughs> and yeah, too much family. Blah, blah, blah. So basically, like we try to say yes to everything because we're told, oh, we have to say yes. We have to help everybody. Or we're we're very like we feel for everybody. Like we always want to take care of everybody, but we never take care of ourselves. So that's not like we need to put boundaries. Like let's say you don't want to go to a party. Say no. Like, you always have to put those boundaries. Oh, or someone's disrespecting you. You have to let them know. Oh, you know what? I don't need that shit. Like, you get me? Those boundaries? No, no, no. I, I, I didn't get know that about too. all that. Like, I was just, like, so stupid. No, I get like, that, wow. too, because I get that a lot with my uh, daughter. Mm-hmm. That people, like, when we do decide to go to parties, people are like, finally, you bring her around. It's like you're trying to have her away from us. It's like, like no. dude, you know where I live, right? You know where she is all the time. You can come visit. Exactly. It goes the same way. I didn't oh. know that your life was so fucking busy. I know my life is so busy. I don't fucking know about your life, but that doesn't mean you should be fucking calling me out. It makes me sad. Now it makes me not want to ever come again, honestly. Exactly. That's what it makes. Just... And then that's on you, fool, if you don't want to see my daughter and don't realize my daughter is uh, fucking growing up before our eyes. It's like, dude, if you. Okay, like, well, I got my own us. shit. Exactly. I got my own shit. Why don't you call me? Like, why is it that other you people. You always have, have to do it. Yeah, it's like, no, motherfucker. If you want to come see my daughter, my daughter, you can come to me, you can talk to me. Mm-hmm. If I want to see you, I'll go fucking see you. I have no problem seeing your ass. Yeah, yeah. I don't have no problem seeing <laughs> It's true. Trust Straight me. You, you'd be surprised how much in families Karen, that happens. Karen, real here. Yes. And on that note, we shall end our little podcast for today. Oh, so I feel Jesus. like we have so much more to say, but... Yes, but it could, be, it could be different volumes. We okay. can come back and talk yeah. about it. Maybe next time we can have a guy's perspective or somebody who's gay. We don't, we don't know. There's endless possibilities. There's endless podcast topics. Oh, yeah. Today, I felt it was a success because we actually got to talking. And to me, that's step one. Step one mm-hmm. is actually saying something. Yeah. Step two is keep going at it. Every day, the guy, the fact that you guys are living, the fact that you guys are doing stuff for yourself, doing stuff for others, doing, you know, you doing you, you know, you do you. You do you, boo-boo. You do you, boo. Oh, my God. You know, and it's just, it's, it's nice. Yeah, and thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you for being here. Thank you. story. Of course, I do not mind. I... I love you guys. I love... I mean, everyone on my show, I hope I love. I'm pretty I sure I, I love. I see Karen as a sister. Honestly, she's always been there for me. You have. You have. I have. Thank you. And I appreciate you guys. And you guys are the sisters that God didn't give me. And I'm thankful to God that he didn't give me sisters. Because <laughs> I would have probably fucking okay. stabbed all you motherfuckers yeah. in the throat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I tell you guys that all the fucking time. I was, her, I was always like... Hey, I see you like a sister. She's like, um, yeah, no, that's why I didn't have sisters. Yeah, that's why I got in. Grant me sisters. (laughs) But thank you guys for listening. And if you guys have any questions, I'll put some information in the intro as well about suicide uh, prevention hotlines, depression hotlines, and everything else. And then shout out Sad Girls Club again. Oh, my God. (laughs) Follow them on Instagram, guys. It'll help you a lot. They also have hotlines, too, so. There you go. There's hotlines for everything. Just know. You are not alone. Please know that. Know that deep in your heart. Thank you for listening this long. I know this was a long one, but just know. Props to you if you did. Though. I know. Yeah. Props to fucking you, bro. <laughs> I should be you. giving that you a fucking medal. The one fan. <laughs> Woohoo. 
I fucking love you guys. But just know we're here for you. There's somebody out there listening. Don't worry about that. The sun will always come out tomorrow, no matter what. Tomorrow's a new day, a new day for everything. So thank you guys for listening, and I will catch you on the flip side.